0: hey night owls welcome to the Octo- next october mini i'm krista i'm rachel uh we are doing true crime this october spooky scary Except so for mine's not uh mine's definitely a white collar crime uh i was looking up true crime right because i just moved to california there's a lot of serial killers here who, or yeah who don't are, look too deep there yeah who have come through here the city specifically and it got it was a little too close to home it's too new I wasn't ready. Like too fresh. I, can't I do it. I still don't know what all the sounds mean, like in my complex. Like I can't place them yet. So like no, it's it's to be bad. fair though, we lived in Washington,
1: which is where like Green River Killer and Oh, Gen so Killer. many of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's different when it's new to you. Like we just grew mm-hmm. up with that knowledge. It was separate.
0: <laughs> yeah, like they were always there. They had always gone through there. It was never an issue. Yeah, this is brand new cereal. And these are like new ones no, I, I don't understand. know of too. Like oh they're like like not like 70s murders uh-huh mm-hmm. mm. yeah no Little, too
1: fresh mm-hmm. yep
0: yep so i ended up doing one that i've actually been kind of interested in for a while so it's uh the book was catch me if you can the, the true story of a real fake which is also sure. turned into a movie uh leonardo DiCaprio plays criminal uh, i think it's tom hanks is the fbi agent if you haven't seen the movie it's fantastic oh my god you should add it to your list it's super good okay um And now you'll kind of know what it's about. Um, I don't think, I think there's parts in the book. I haven't seen the movie in a little bit, um, but I think there's parts that like the kind of like messed up stuff doesn't end up in the movie, but it's been a while. So uh, the book is by Frank W. um, Abagnale, who is our um, con artist, our thief, our bad guy. And it was written with a gentleman called Stan Redding. I think when this was first written, it was like maybe like a semi ghost writing or like he had somebody help write it versus like now like when all these like famous people whatever um, Mm uh write their biographies and it's just ghost written i think this one he just didn't have a ghost writer he just literally had somebody help him write the story Um, oh got it and it is written so so one um as like you'll hear like his life it's like the story's bonkers like you're reading it and you're like there's no way this is real but it absolutely is um like it reads like a work of fiction like it's it's written so well. So, um, like I said, are the main guy who this is about his life is Frank W. Abagnale at sixteen. Uh, his parents divorce. Uh, he has an older sister, I think, and they live in Brooklyn, the Bronx. I don't know, somewhere on the East Coast, New York adjacent. Um, his folks divorce um, because like the mom leaves. The dad is still like madly in love with her and is basically like using um, Frank and this is frank jr so the dad's name is also frank Mm -hmm. um is using frank to try to like get his wife back which like or ex-wife now um but that pisses her off like she hates it doesn't like that he's using his kids as a pawn um frank jr yeah frank jr is like kind of torn back and forth in this um he is living with the mom ultimately he does end up moving back in with the dad i can't remember exactly how but now he's like so he's 16 his dad gets him a ford um and right about 16 how uh frank jr has discovered the ladies and he's hooked oh. like he is like hook yeah <laughs> um but it's expensive right taking out woman wooing her taking out the girls to dinner driving her around to the drive-in like it's expensive um he does get a job his dad owns like a um what you might call it like a stationary store basically Oh. um so it works there but he's still not making enough money um he does talk his dad into getting him a gas card though and so like that'll like kind of help um and the dad is like yep yeah, like we'll do it you'll pay whatever you can every month from your job and he's like "And i'll pay the difference like it's like you're i mean you're 16 you're driving around like he's like it's not gonna be that much and like the dad is doing pretty dang good in in life right now mm-hmm. um so but frank realized like this just isn't enough for him so he pulls his very first con on his father what it is, oh, is he realizes at right um at these like gas store stations whatever uh you can buy like a set of tires on the card or you can buy like windshield like you can buy car parts on a gas card it's not just for gas um mm-hmm. so basically he talks to the guy and he goes hey like how much would it be for a set of tires on the truck and he's like hundred and sixty dollars let's say um and he was like was like, but you don't need it like those are like brand new tires kid like i don't know and he's like okay no like sell me the tires um but actually like don't like put it on the card and then give me a hundred dollars cash he was like the bill's still gonna get paid so like the card company people will get their money he's like and then when you sell the tires you'll get the full 160 like you won't have to pay for like you're not losing any margin and the guy's like eh, i don't know about it kind of him and on he ultimately decides to do it and so why i can't remember frank so here's the thing about frank jr he is very i'm just gonna call him frank now because i'm not really gonna talk about his dad at all um he has a way with words like he can get people to like he's absolutely a con man like he can get you like he can explain it he can sell it he can whatever um so the guy goes along with it because he's like okay sure um frank ends up doing this all over town um he racks up like thousands of dollars on this card and like thousands of dollars also back and so this is 1964 when he is age 16 years old um it's so like a lot of money the first bill comes he's like whoopsie that's a lot of money just throws it away and then throws away the second one that's- and the third one um and then finally like a guy from like the gas company card people like show up at his dad's place of business and is like hey like this is he's like this is awkward and like you've been with like like you've been a uh, customer of us for like 40 some odd years but i don't understand how you have like you've bought like eight sets of tires and like four and like all and like rattles up all of these like parts of this car like that he's bought multiples up he was like for this like ford like that's weird like what are you doing and he's like oh that's maybe my like that's my son's truck like i don't that's not my truck i would just like have him have a card and my name blah 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 um and so he gets found out his dad never gets angry never gets upset about it it's like oh we'll pay the bill it's fine uh he does get sent to an all boys boarding school because the mom is pissed when she finds out about I it mean, yeah yeah uh so he goes there um and then he's there i don't even think he turns 18 and no he leaves somehow he leaves at like age 17 i can't remember exactly how um he leaves the school i mean it's not like like it's he, he explains it's like it's a nice place like you know it is all boys like not even like the teachers and stuff um and like they're they're treated very well everything like that and so whatever reason he leaves um he there's a bunch of explanations as to like how this all comes to be basically um, he is what is it oh he gets like a checkbook and he figures out a way basically he's like defrauding checks so he'll like he'll, he's really he's just writing bad checks but he knows yeah. he's writing bad checks because also this is the 60s, right? So he can write it. Yeah. He can write a check um and they'll cash it without ever contacting the bank. And like hotels are cashing checks for people and like all of these things. Cause he was staying at a hotel and I think he just asked, was like, Oh, could you do this? And they're like, Yeah, if it's like not that much money. So he did it for like 20 bucks or whatever. And he's like, And that's like kind of what starts this like idea in his mind. And then so he used to be a criminal in the 60s. Yeah, seriously. Um, And so then he is like, well, I got to get more, right? Because the ladies are still expensive. He's back out with the ladies now. Like they're still still costing a lot of money. Um, He's also big for his age. Like he is at 16, he's already like six feet tall, 200 some odd pounds. Like people have been like amazed like that he's only 16. Like they think he's easily 26 this whole time. So he's basically Um, Elijah, got it? mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so he is like, so like nobody's questioning. Like nobody's like, oh, why is this like child? This literal child doing all of these things because nobody thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Um so after leaving the boarding school he basically like runs away. Oh, his dad has like fallen on hard times and so like and not anything to do. His dad swears has nothing to do with how much money he rung up on the gas card. He just fell really hard.
1: Um they couldn't help though. Like if you had to pay all that, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. That would totally drain like your savings or
0: whatever. Like yeah. they couldn't have yeah it was a factor yeah oh yeah i think that's how it got i think he just asked his dad and the mom finally relented and so like he went to go he was gonna go live with his dad um oh it's thirty two hundred dollars that's how much total he like swindles him for on this lot in the 60s Um, yeah and so he's like living with his dad but his dad is like now in this like tiny little apartment even though he got to keep the house when the mom walked out um Mm -hmm. and frank jr is like like where all your like rich friends can't they help and he was like oh yeah you have a lot of friends when you have a lot of money but when you have no money you have no friends they don't really stay around he's like i have friends but none of them can like help in this situation not the rich ones yeah like they can't afford to help or do anything um and at this point frank is like i can't frank jr he's like i can't live here in slums like this i can't i got ladies i need money i know things now and so he runs away um he and like they do like the parents like do try to like file something but at the same time like he's like not really like the cops don't care that much like they're not gonna put that much effort into looking he's basically like a
1: 16 17 year old runaway they're like
0: yeah exactly and it's like it's fine so he ends up at the airport somehow or something and is like you know like sees all the pilots and everything gets it in his head that he is going to become a fake pilot and so he does. He gets himself a uniform. He's also really good at graphic arts. Um, so he makes himself a fake badge for Pan Am, Pan America. Um, he ends up making, ultimately, making himself a fake FAA license because, like, to be a pilot, you always have to keep your license, your like ID and your right. um, FAA license on you at all times. Um, he like calls. He like calls Pan Am because he's got to figure out all this information, right? If he's going to pull off being a fake pilot, because always that reason, that's the reason he decides to do this. Most of the reason, um, is that like that's how we can get out of town, because we are like, deadhead, right? So, like, pilots, flight attendants, they can deadhead, they can, like, jump on a, a extra seat or whatever, and fly to whatever city they need to, always, but for work, not necessarily for funsies, sometimes funsies. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's, like, what he's doing, so he, like, calls Pan Am, is, like, hi, I'm a 16-year-old kid, I'm writing this paper, my name's whatever, can I talk to a pilot? Um, so he gets all this information, and he just, like, keeps doing that. Um, he, like, goes to the airport and it's just like sitting in a lounge eating lunch trying to like test out his knowledge um because the other thing that he like realized right when you're in your pilot's garb and you go to cash a check at a hotel well now you're trusting like now you have this sort of sense of like you've got a uniform on people yeah. are like oh you're legit mm-hmm, yeah and he looks like he's 26 or right? he pulls he like gets his makes a whole new fake id saying he's 26 like makes it himself too like doesn't even have to like go find a forger or anything so his in alien- the 60s yeah so his alias wow. at this time is frank w williams so his middle name is williams or william um so it's like kind of close <clears throat> so that's who uh he is at this time and he is basically now just flying all over the country like passing bad checks but then he'll start doing like he'll have some extra some real money from these bad checks that he's passed and he'll go and he'll open up a checking account with one bank wait however many days for it to like quote unquote clear uh go Mm -hmm. to the next one and then ask for cash back on it or like he'll like deposit it right here's like my five thousand dollars and then he'll get like a cashier's check for three thousand dollars so he starts doing this Mm -hmm. on this like kind of like slow it's really low it's not at one point he even has like plenty he has like half a million dollars and he even says he's like i just needed more he was like i could have like gone off to a corner of the world and been fine but i couldn't um he does know somewhere along these and i will say that my timeline is really starting to jump around um okay he does know at some point that like the cops are looking for him one as a partial runaway but then also two um because some of those first checks had his actual name on them uh because he did um, had because like his dad had like he ran away at one point or when he ran away he had like a stack of checks and like two hundred dollars in a checking account that like his dad um oh because when he was at the boarding school his dad sold that truck because they were mm. on hard times and everything, but the dad took the like two hundred dollars that he got and he put it in a checking account for Frank Junior. So that's kind of how he like starts. Like the first check he passes is like real, and then he just like keeps writing all these bad checks. So he starts doing all that. He's flying around. He has like pretty much everyone convinced that he's his pilot. Uh, he ne- I will say he never truly tries to fly a plane. Um, so it is a thing where like if a pilot is deadheading at least back in the sixties. Uh, the main pilot and he only says he's a co-pilot too whatever um i was wondering
1: i was like but how would he know how to fly the plane that's so dangerous but that makes sense if he just co-piloted
0: yeah and so he never actually even does that like he never tries to like fly a full flight like he'll be deadheading because the whole point was just to like have the uniform and like get the money and do all this stuff um he will like be uh deadheading and so there's a jump seat in the cockpit um and like the pilot might be like hey do you want to fly like you want to take the controls as like a, a kind gesture um and so he does it like once or twice and then he realizes that like a lot of pilots don't they're like oh nope i'm not here to work because they're not he's not on pan Am flights at this point he always deadheads on another company because that's it makes one sense. way that's one way to like not get caught too um and so then um and when he does that he just puts it into autopilot for like a hot sec so that is one thing about him that he never like actively put people's lives in danger oh um, thank god i was like oh my god yeah so he starts doing this and then he's like well i needed like more better whatever um so then he starts forging pan am checks and but specifically pan am express checks so that way expense checks so that way he can try to explain it if like they know what a pan am check looks like like a payroll check like, it it's an expense check um and so this keeps going and going and it like i think by the time he's like 18 is when he has like a half a million dollars or something like that um he jumps countries uh he falls in love at one point with a woman in i can honestly can't remember um and she wants to get married and he's like okay but like and he like realizes that like he's either gonna have to like leave her or tell the truth like an idiot he tells the truth uh she instantly goes home calls the cops uh so he's on the run and when he told the truth, he told her his real name. So now the oh. alias Frank Williams is burned. Yep. So he flees that. Um, he ends up like fleeing the country and sort of like doing this like all over the world pretty much. Um, he manages to get like a group of like fake uh, flight attendants because he like he's like well to do more money and to make it like more legitimate because like he'd like go somewhere and people be like oh where's the rest of your crew at um and there's only so long that you can be like oh i'm covering i'm flying in to cover like a sick person right like a sick pilot um so yeah so we like managed to get like a fake flight crew at one point by like he like goes to like arizona state university and like talks and like is like interviewing juniors who like want to be stewardess and like um it's like oh yeah we're gonna do this like PR thing all around Europe all summer dah, 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 dah. all of these things um and so yeah so he he's he racks up I, I think at the end like I think the book says at the time he got caught he had like over two million dollars um and he's like stashing it in like safety deposit boxes random spots like that, yeah just all over the world and everything like that because he knows like people are out to get him um I mean yeah at a certain point like yeah. someone's coming yeah um the main fbi guy who is like looking for him is uh this um o'reilly is the name of the agent uh he also learns uh frank frank does about like he learned so much about how like checks work so like the ticker line down at the bottom and i don't know if this is still real or not this was the 60s um but the digits for like the routing number like mean things right so the first two digits might say that like um, this needs to go to New York or it goes to San Fran or mm. goes to wherever. So that's what the next thing he would start doing is that he would have these bank um Pan Am Express uh, expense checks and he wanted to cash it in New York. Well, he would make sure that the ticker said that it needed to go to San Fran. So he would cash it. The check would go to San mm. Fran, and then at San Fran, somebody's gonna read it and they're gonna go, Oh, nope, even though the check says that it's to be cashed at like Chase Manhattan, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and so then it goes to San Fran and then somebody sees because the computer tells it to go to San Fran. So it goes there. Somebody looks at it in San Fran and goes, oh, this was put here in error, then mails it back. And at that point he's long gone. Like he's right. He has like five. So days, He got his like, money or whatever. Yeah. He has like five days that he can like do this. So he'll like do this around town and he'll skedaddle. Um, Like he would get, and he would take like some like real cash, maybe even put it in like, like 10 grand, put it in an account and then like go to open an account at like Cause it'd have to like clear for three days. So he would go open another account mm-hmm. and like another in the same city. be like, oh, I need this. I need my giant cashier's check, which a cashier's check is good. Um, right. And so like, cause he's like, I'm buying a house, whatever the heck. Like he's coming up with all of these things. He has all of these people believing him. Um, oh my gosh. What kind of like really starts to start screwing him over is that when there's one person at the FAA, when he's deadheading. So all of these tickets, these like forms, it's like a three piece form. That's like, he's supposed to fill out for this um they're all supposed to go somewhere he's like i think most of mine ended up in the trash he was like but all of a sudden i have he's like i get one guy who questions it and calls it in so he um they're landing at wherever it is that he's flying into and like the sheriff show up and so they like take Mm -hmm. him in and they're like this is like he's like this is really weird like clearly i'm frank williams like here's all my things and even the sheriffs are like yeah we don't know we were just like asked to like pick you up we don't know there's like a different fbi guy and he's like and like he this is like perfect balance of like I'm understanding you're just doing your job like you wouldn't want somebody to like fake being a pilot how dangerous yeah, i
1: can't imagine
0: yeah but then like with the same little bit of like how dare you i'm a pilot like clearly you're wrong. Right. Like, like he like walks this really good balance um so he gets out of that one um i can't remember exactly so i think he is like he's been doing this for probably like four years when he gets like truly cut so he gets cut at one point and he yeah, asked so, like he serves like a month or something in some random jail somewhere whatever gets out not a big deal because that one was just like a bad check or something that yeah, was an easy one um right but then he so he like he's like okay they're like hot on my tail i gotta go somewhere i gotta relax he also had like a whole collection of like stewardess that he was like in you know, like a little black book and so in like every city so if he wanted to go somewhere for like a month or six months or something like that he would like call one of them and be like hey and coming through town can i stay da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. um he does oh well, that's right at one point so he's like all right i gotta chill out he goes to like atlanta or something uh gets a room in like a singles village uh doesn't want to say that he's a pilot because he's like well i could come back to bite me uh for whatever reason that he doesn't really know he says he's a doctor he's like well shoot now i have to say i'm a doctor that's not gonna be useful so he says he's a pediatrician and everything is fine and grand until down below stair like downstairs another pediatrician moves in oh no and so now he's like spending time at the hospital and then there's like um like one of the pediatricians like on the night rotation or something has the death of the family and so like the hospital administrator is like hey frank could you do me a big like i think it's just frank adams is this one He's so, like can you do me a big favor and like fill in and he's like ah, i don't really know because he says that he's on like sabbatical um uh, he's like i don't know about that and he's like you don't even have to like do anything like he's like we have this intern program and like I have to have somebody here so he agrees to do this for two weeks and so literally he would like something would happen and he'd like ask the intern one of the interns because they always were like in pairs or threes and be like oh what do you think okay what do you think yeah yeah great do it and we'll just leave and so the interns love him they're like oh my gosh I can't like we treat- get to do so much he treats us like actual doctors um he also is terrified of blood and like passes out um he would go like the, the seventh floor. So the sixth floor floors where the peds where the seventh floor was unfinished. So if he like heard like doctor words and medical terms, he didn't know he'd like go up there right. to the supply closet and like read up on, um, uh, a couple times. He actually did have to go to like the emergency room or the emergency department. Uh, so he take his sweet ass time getting there. The interns would be there and then he would ask them and then be like, great. Okay. Gotta go by. Like, sounds like you got it. Yeah. So like, never at any time were like really any of his patients his patients whatever um in danger but at the same time like well this is bad um apparently it wasn't until like years and years later that these interns even like realized that he was being taught they're being like he was a fake or anything like that um this ends up going on for like four months or something or like two months uh because at the end of the two weeks the guy just can't find another one and can't find another one all these things um and so yeah. Uh, so like when he's like leaving, it's like finally his last day. And he's like, oh, thank God. Cause he wanted to get out. He was like, I gotta go. Like, I'm going to get found out. Um, be stressful. And that was when the administrator was like, oh, I found somebody. He's like, oh, thank God. Uh, so he like, is getting his check and he's like leaving and he like runs into like somebody on the janitorial staff. And he's like, Hey, like, I gotta ask you, like, I have seen you for four months now, go into that supply closet on the seventh floor. Like, what are you doing in there? He's like, I've checked it out. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm just hanging out he's like, still to this day, I don't think that man knows that I was literally doing nothing but like reading a dictionary in there. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's like a random interlude where he decides to pretend to be a doctor and not a pilot. So he gets back to the pilot thing and he's going around um, and he's like, okay, I really need to actually like go to this another country and like lay low. Um, and he just kind of picks one at random, doesn't think about it, which he should have. So he ends up getting, and I honestly can't remember the exact details, but he gets caught and he is in... Um, France. He's in like Paris or something. You now, Paris prisons, at least in the sixties, um, or the general area of Paris. It might not be exact Paris because they said it as a different word, but either way, um, horrible conditions. So he is picked up. Uh he does get a lawyer, he just kind of picks one at random. Uh he can't really afford anybody either, because they yeah. give they won't give him any of his money or any of his things. Um And he gets sentenced to one year, which even like the lawyer is like, okay, like that's good. Um, The prison that he gets put into is um, literally a, like the cell is a hole in the ground. Um, There is no light. There is no bed. The walls are dirt. There's a bucket. He has a bucket. He is sentenced to be here for a year. Um, His breakfast is a loaf of bread. Lunch is like some sort of like stew in a loaf of bread and dinner is a loaf of bread and coffee. Um, But then randomly, like, they're brought in in strange order. So like, he can't even like, keep track of the time. He's not allowed to talk to the guards, the bucket is not cleaned regularly. So at one point, like, he's literally like, in his own filth. um, Because he can't do anything. Um, He hasn't seen light, Uh, his nails are super grown, his hair is like grown down to like his butt, his beard is all grown out. Um, he has bed sores and scabs and like fleas and like all those like oh, tiny God. little bugs can get in. Oh. Um, at one point, somebody from the American Embassy like does come because they like find out that he's there, and he's like, "I can't do anything though." He was like, "You're not being treated any different than any of the like native like the people who actually live here and are in this prison." Not treating you worse. Yeah, yeah. He's like, if they ever were to treat you differently or worse because you're an American, he's like, "Then I can try," but otherwise, I can't. He was like, "They don't believe in re- like uh, rehabilitation." They are, like, an eye for an eye, like, this is horrible. They're
1: so going so, to sell the rot.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so he has no idea how long he's been here. Um, he does, at one point, like, a lawyer comes in finally. Um, this turns out is at month five. He has no idea. Um, and they're like, hey, yep, uh, the judge decided that you can go out on parole. And he's like, okay, great. And he's like, so we're working on it. Um, and then the guard accidentally turns the light in the hall- hallway on too soon, and he's basically almost blinded. Because so, like, when the guards come to, like, bring him his food, they're, like, super, super damned. down. like, eyesight is apparently the only thing that they care about in this prison. Um, And also, he's not actually being paroled. Um, He is going to be moved over to Switzerland because... Mm. So he has, like, 16 countries that want him. Um, So he does finally get taken to Switzerland. um, And it's, like, night and day. Like, he sees a doctor. He's fed regularly. Like, he gets to go on walks around... The prison, which is really like a swanky ass hotel. Like, they don't have kitchens, but they have all this night food. He's treated like so wonderfully, so amazingly. I think he also spends about six months there, like counting, because I think he was like in the hospital wing for like mm-hmm. two months. Um, he went in, like I said, he's like six foot 200. He left at like almost 100, like 120 or something like that. Like, um, so then he was also like super sick for a lot of it, right? Because his body is like getting used to right. nutrients. Um, and then at this point, after he's been supposed to leave Switzerland, he's supposed to now be sent over to Italy, um, which apparently their prisons are, like, just as bad as the last ones he was in. And so he, like, makes a plea with the judge, like, please, like, let me go home, let me go back to the U.S., like, I'll serve my time there. He's like, I literally will spend the rest of my life just going round and round and round to, like, all of the different countries that want me. Because he, Italy, he's facing, like, 15 years in Italy. And, he was, and then like wherever he goes after italy he's facing like another 10 he's like i literally will like die in a european prison Just send me home life in prison yeah but unfortunately we're not supposed to do that because no. like they don't like have the rights and so the judge does he like kind of goes like against his like ethics morals whichever one i think probably ethics um and he like calls on somebody to revoke his um passport oh yeah that's the other one he ends up making like a fake passport at one point too um And so he's like, well, now that you don't have a passport, now you're here illegally and I'm going to have you deported to the US because like, you can't be in this country because you don't have a passport. Oh, I see what he did there. Yeah. And he was like, and he explains it and he's like, this is what I'm doing. He's like, I'm trusting you. Like, I'm putting my faith in you. You're going to do all these good things. Um, He's like, I called the FBI. They uh, land and he like escapes from the bathroom, the toilet. Nobody even knows that he's gone until like this FBI agent O'Reilly like comes aboard to search. Like they didn't even realize he was missing. This is the 60s. Nobody knows anything. Um, Nobody knows he does not make it very far uh he is nabbed he ends up serving i think i can't remember he only serves a couple years um in prison for all of this um but then also the good thing is that now that he's back in the u.s the u.s will not um let any of like are their own citizens you can't go be deported to another country to serve your crime there like they're not going to kick you yeah they're like no no we have jurisdiction now yeah um so he does that he does get out on parole he ends up getting parole to texas um he his first parole officer is like completely apathetic with the fact that he's having a hard time finding a job literally parole officer is like i gave you a year and you're gonna be back in there and he's like homie i don't want to go back like hard pass um the only thing that kind of is sort of his saving grace is that he ends up getting a new parole officer who actually cares and it's like hey like let's find a way to like get you a job because he like he doesn't lie but he omits the fact that he is um he's been incarcerated on all these jobs and then he's really really good and so he gets up for promotion for like be a manager like and this happens like three times gets up for a promotion they start doing a bit more digging find out that he's been incarcerated in federal prison and they fire him so yeah and he was he never lied because he wasn't asked about it he just didn't divulge it and -hmm. so that's why he's like like he has to keep a job to keep up with the pull blah 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 um so he like ends up talking with this parole officer and he's like hey I have an idea because she's like or he whatever he's like what do you like we need to find something that is actually going to like speak to you and you're going to like be passionate about so he comes up with this idea that he's going to go he wants to go to a bank um and he so he does and he goes and he makes a little thing and he's like hey I want to present to all of your staff he's like at this point I know more I know more about like forging checks and like how to do this and probably anybody let me come in and present after hours to your staff about like what they should be looking for for check swindlers is that and the other thing he was like gotta tell if it's fake yeah yeah he's like if you hate it you don't have to pay me whatever he's like if you like it give me 50 bucks and then recommend me to others and so it happens the guy is like yeah this is fantastic so it starts going around all these things um he ends up that's what he does now so he like teaches at the fbi he has like a whole bunch of like classes and stuff that he gives about like how to like check frauds fraudulent checks that makes sense like he's got the
1: most experience
0: in that yeah like he has like a whole other books on it and I've realized that I've rambled for a very long time and this is not a mini so y'all are welcome you get like almost a full-length episode of me talking about this <laughs> because it was so good and there's so much stuff that like goes on
1: he does so many things
0: yeah wow. like and the book is only like a six-hour listen like it's not very long all in all but like there's just so much and there's like even more I, just, I had to help about the prison part I was like yeah that was was important I was like of course everybody wants to know like what happened to him now like did he like get caught like I couldn't just like right so like I had a little spiel but yeah um anyways five out of five like it was written like a fiction like it's written like a thriller you're like oh my gosh what's gonna happen like and there's like enough tidbits like built into it of like while it's happening and you'd be like oh I wouldn't know this till later or like I didn't know but actually like all of these people were actually trying to get me or he like thinks people are out to get him he was like Turns out nobody knew, so like nobody would know that for two years. Do um, so you get like kind of all that like background? Either way, super good. And congrats to everybody who got a full length episode of just me talking about a book.
1: <laughs> Amazing! It sounds like a really good one, though. I need to watch the movie. It's been on my list forever. It just hasn't happened, you know.
0: Definitely recommend. It. I don't know that it has the person parts. I don't remember that being in uh, the it book. It probably isn't.
1: At least not as in depth as you're describing it from the mm-hmm. book yeah i think i
0: might might mention that like he's in a prison in a prison and then gets scooped. yeah because like the only way he ends up making it back in the u.s is because switzerland sends him back home um right but yeah either way fantastic book it was it's so well written and so informative and like not too dry like you learn a lot about forging checks but like not in a weird way so great pick
1: great pick yeah but uh well our next episode after this is our halloween episode which i'm super pumped about Mm -hmm. so come back on october 30th yeah before
0: halloween and we'll talk to all y'all then bye everyone bye